Before we start the show today, I first want to talk about rockauto.com. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And it's rockauto.com. Check them out. Let's start the show. You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your host, Joe Bully from ZoneCoverage.com. And with me, as always, is Tony Abbott from, you guessed it, ZoneCoverage.com. Tony, how is your day today? Uh, doing all right. Just uh, trying to uh, trying to fix uh, sleep schedule again. That's pretty much uh, that's pretty much the extent of my day. Just uh, just waking up at, at weird times and. Uh, my life's really boring, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, well, I got out for a walk today. I took the, I took the dogs out and, uh, who let the dogs out? Uh, I took you? the dogs out you, for a you, walk. You, you, I, you? No, no, I did not. I didn't let the dogs out. I took the dogs out for a walk and, um, it was nice to actually like get out of these four walls of the house. Cause you know, working from home. And I found out that I'm probably not going to go back to the office until at least the end of September, uh-huh. which, I mean, is great for the pocketbook because uh, I'm not spending all that money on, on gas. But at the same time, like, it's a long time stuck in your own damn house. <laughs> How many walks do you go on a week? Oh, sh- well, not many. <laughs> OK, I'm trying to I'm trying to do better for sure. For um, sure. But, uh, yeah, no, like, we had Tropical Storm Cristobal, uh, Cristobal Sanchez, and, uh, you know, it it was raining for probably a good day, and so, like, getting outside was kind of crabby, but, and we also had, like, the oppressive heat, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so, right before that, so, uh, you know, today was actually, like, the first really, really nice day to get out. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been getting back. In, I don't know if I've said it before, but I've get, uh, been getting back into Pokemon Go and doing that every day. Um, nice. and, and that's probably putting me out on like three or four uh, walks a week. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it does suck to just sit in your house and do nothing like I I agree with that completely. And then, of course, your dog sits in the house and is bored and, and and I don't know how yours handles it but mine uh does by uh by guarding the window <laughs> and making sure nobody walks in front of it. Uh is Topher a much better behaved dog when he's regularly walked oh yeah. exercised? Yeah. I mean like it, it's it's either it's either like when he he can go like a couple days without one and it's no big deal. But if you're getting to like day four, yeah, it's just like <laughs> It, it, you know, they they gotta they gotta put their energy somewhere, you know. Yeah, and then they start chewing up stuff, and it's no good. Uh, it's not chewing up stuff so much as as just being like very loud and antsy. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've heard him make a couple of guest appearances on the show, so I mean, it yeah. happens. <laughs> I mean, like there, there's stuff like if uh, somebody walks by the the window. 
uh, during this show. There, there's nothing that uh, that man or God could do to stop him from barking. But, uh, uh, yeah, he, he's definitely more prone to doing it if he's uh, if he's hyper and hyper vigilant. So my dogs are bigger. They're uh, Great Pyrenees and German Shepherd mixes. And yours, I'm not even really sure what kind of mix he is. He's a Dachshund mix of some sort. Okay. But he's, he's a small dog. Yeah, he's a small dog. Does he actually does he have one of those like small dog syndromes where he's almost thinks he's bigger than what he really is? Uh I, I think he tries to project as bigger than he is, yeah. <laughs> uh you know, uh Jared Spurgeon has got small dog syndrome too. Oh, does he? I don't know. I just I mean he he's I don't know, he's pretty quiet. I wouldn't say he's yeah. He's probably he's not as vocal, but he's definitely good. Uh, he does uh, he does pee on every locker room stall. Uh, I heard that. I heard he, that on the latest Crusoe podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. There was got to mark his territory. <laughs> <laughs> like a chihuahua. <laughs> um, no, we didn't. I didn't hear that on a Russo podcast. I'm just Wait, joking. Please don't sue us, Jared. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's definitely a Matt Zuccarello thing. <laughs> I don't think Matt Zuccarello can can sue us. He's from Norway. I don't think. Uh, I think that uh, that violates some sort of international yeah. jurisdiction. Yeah, probably. Um, question: Do you think Matt Zuccarello is long for this team? Uh, I I think it kind of depends. I think that if uh, if there is a buyout put in place for next year. Uh, I would certainly list him on the list of candidates uh, to do that, like a compliance buyout, not um, not a regular buyout where you know the money's still on the books. We're talking like uh, like what they did. Who was Minnesota's compliance buyout after the lockout? Was it Heatley? That is a good question. I can't remember, but uh, but it wasn't Zen and Kanapka, was it? No. Geez, like what? What a what a small contract to have to use a compliance buyout on. Well, right, I know. Um, but if uh, if if they do something like that, I think that uh, that Zuccarello might be you know a thing. But like he's got a no. Otherwise, he's got a no move clause. And if you bought him out like this off season, he would be on the books for six, mm-hmm. eight more years. Sorry. Eight more years, uh, counting it against the cap, and like I don't think Zuccarello was as bad, or even bad, but uh, certainly not as bad as I, I think people. No, and I wouldn't say that he's necessarily bad, but at the same time, if you're looking towards the future and you're, and you're looking at making decisions, especially with whatever happens to the cap this year and in future years, depending on how the, the league responds and bounces back out of this, I mean, does that mean you got to? Essentially, are you forced to pick Matsucarello over Ryan Donato or Luke Cunnan or you know somebody else? I mean, yeah, along? but like, look, I like I like Ryan Donato myself, right? But mm-hmm. uh, but what are the odds that Ryan Donato is going to be as good of an NHLer as as Matsucarello? Well, you're right. In that sense, but Mat- but Zuccarello is also older sure. on the downside of his career. So all I'm saying is that by the time that you f- could potentially find out what Donato is and could do, um, 
you might have had been forced to trade him by then and because of uh salary cap and no move clauses and things like that with, with Zuccarello. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying there, but you know, like I, I, I kind of uh, until further notice, I'm just accepting the fact that, you know, it wasn't a great move or anything mm-hmm. like that uh, with uh, in, in regards to where the team was at when they signed Matt Zuccarello. Uh, I don't think that was a great move necessarily, but I've just kind of accepted until further notice that this is he's on the team. That's fair enough, I suppose. Do you think he'll um, be bought out? Traded? I don't know where a compliance buyout comes in because it's not like there's a lockout looming at this point. No, but the idea um, is that uh, that if you know the uh, the salary the cap, cap goes drops, down yeah. next year, uh, you're going to almost need compliance buyouts for some of these teams to uh, to cope with a with a salary cap that has dropped. So, well, that would be where I'd put that then, because then you're getting a no move clause pretty much off the books. Then, well. I mean, it's still on the books, but it's not really hitting you as hard. But outside of that, I don't think there's a way that they move him. I don't think that there's a way that unless unless like the Rangers came calling and he want, really wanted to go back to New York. Because I wasn't he loved in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that'd be really the only thing where he'd want to finish his career or something like that and and play out the string. But. I don't see. Uh, I don't really see a move coming, and uh, unless it's a compliance buyout or regular buyout, just isn't in the cards. It's it's, it's almost worse than the Pommenville buyout. I don't know. I I, I have a hard time evaluating Pommenville. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, today we want to talk about. I think we're going to have some fun today. We want to do a sandwich draft, and uh, we'll get into the rules in the next segment, but. Uh, yeah, a sandwich draft, and uh, these are two. Th- these are things, Tony, that you and I hold near and dear to our heart. It's the uh, it's a draft, and it's about sandwiches. We are sandwichy boys. Sand- sandwichy boys. Uh, you could call us pole boys, actually. Ooh, oh. yeah, you like that. Anyways, no, uh, I'm allergic to shrimp. I know you're allergic to shrimp. That's a that's I a was, free pick for you. Was talking about the pun. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and um, take our first break here, and then uh, we'll get into that in the next segment. But before we take our first break, I do want to talk about Rock Auto. I let off the show talking about RockAuto.com, and uh, just you know how reliably easy and low price they are. They have an amazing selection. But you know when I talk about their amazing selection. Their catalog is unique. It's incredibly easy to navigate and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specifications and prices you prefer. And the best thing is too, is like, this is a family business. These are, these are people that live and work in, in America and you know, they're, they're, they're family owned. It's not some corporate conglomerate. So you can feel good about your, uh, your money going to a, uh, you know, a family business. So they've been doing uh, auto parts online for 20 years. So uh, check out rockauto.com to shop for all auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And then uh, when you do check out, go to the, uh, the, how did you hear about us box and uh, write in the, uh, the locked on 
network and tell them that we sent you. Check out rockauto.com. Welcome back to Locked on Wild Sandwich Draft. No, I'm just kidding. We are doing a sandwich draft, though. And uh, you are listening to Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony. And we are going to be making your selections. We did a virtual coin flip during the break. And I won the toss, so I will be going first. It's not great. Uh, it's not great, no. No. Um, all right. And uh, for the rules, we are doing just a standard draft. There's no snaking. And we're using for our sandwiches the Encyclopedia of Sandwiches that I'm not really even sure where it's from, but it's been floating around on Twitter for, for quite some time now. So we there's uh, they've got 40 sandwiches on this. And uh, that's what we're picking from. So if you want to look at it, we might retweet it. Who knows? Well, we'll, we'll put a link to it in the description of the show. Um, Sounds good. Well, uh, we're, we're doing this just because uh, we don't want to haggle over what is or isn't a sandwich. Yeah. So uh, the hot dog will not be included. <laughs> and we don't have to make a determination on whether it's a sandwich or not because the Encyclopedia of Sandwiches already did it for us. There we go. So, yeah. And, you know, it means that we're also picking kind of from the same pool. We're not going completely off the board. So. Yep. All so, right. Joe, you're first. I go first. And first on the docket with the first pick of the 2020 sandwich draft of Lockdown Wild. The Bullies are proud to select the Cubano. The Cubano. Oh, Wow. Yeah, and uh, I love this sandwich. Uh, I'm. It's simple. It's ham, pulled pork, mustard, pickles, and you can get a little creative with those, but you really don't need to because it's just fantastic on uh, day-old Cuban bread that's been pressed. It's just a good, good sandwich that um, you don't need to get too crazy with, and it's just always going to be solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I have it on my board a little further down, and I will oh. I will be very very happy to select as my uh, first pick uh, the Reuben, which you know <laughs> there's not uh, there's not so many variations to a Reuben, but I can tell you that uh, you definitely don't need variations to a Reuben because you certainly don't. They're great. It's just a great sandwich. Wow, what a great pick by me. <laughs> I. I had a feeling you were going to go Ruben right off the top, but it was second on my list. It's it is uh it it is probably something that you should have done strategically, but I'm not mad that you did it. Uh, it's a it's a perfect sandwich. Uh, it really you know, is. What else do you eat sauerkraut on? Uh, brats. Brats, true, true. But I guess the overall point of what I'm saying is like sauerkraut's not really a food that people eat on right. just about anything else, but it's brought into the Reuben, and it's perfect. I don't yeah. know how it happens. <laughs> uh, do you eat corned beef outside of a Reuben? Um, I will make like corned beef hash. Mm, okay, that's good. Uh, like the canned stuff. No, no, no. Oh, you no. actually like do I, like a homemade. Okay. If I get uh, if I get some uh, if I if I get stuff to make Reubens with, and I have uh, leftovers, I'll mm-hmm. just chop up some uh, some corned beef. Uh, put it in, you know, uh, like some hash browns and uh, and some cheese and uh, crack open an egg. And then you have a corned beef hash skillet. Amazing. 
<laughs> Ooh, sounds amazing. Uh, we normally do a corned beef brisket with boiled cabbage right around St. Patrick's Day, and it's just it's delicious. If not a little bit gassy, but it's delicious. And then with the leftovers is what we use to make our Rubens. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. So, all right, I am up next. I'm going to go with another personal favorite: the Philly cheesesteak. Ooh. Uh, I usually load mine up with onions, mushrooms, and peppers. And uh, I do like a good, solid provolone cheese with the cheese whiz as well. I got to go au naturel when it comes to the Philly cheesesteak. You do the whiz, huh? I do the whiz, and I'm a fat boy for for doing it, but I definitely do it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's like the most controversial thing about the cheesesteak, and that's kind of what sent it a little bit down my board, is just like, is it actually a Philly cheesesteak if you do it with provolone, not the whiz? Because, like, I don't know. like I like multiple cheeses, so I put can, both. <laughs> you can, like, I have some tolerance for, like, I guess uh, I guess the more faker or processed cheese. But, uh, but cheese whiz on a sandwich might be just, like, a bridge too far unless, like, <laughs> uh, except, like, for, like, an extreme circumstance, maybe. Like, I guess if I was in Philly... And, like, I was at, like, a, like, real Philly cheesesteak place. I'd probably mm-hmm. do it there. But, um, yeah. I will make Philly cheesesteaks at home. And super good. Or they're, de- they're delicious. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely in favor of those. Uh, all right. I'm going to go and, uh, and actually grab my number two on the board, the meatball sub. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, See? wow. Okay. This is controversial. Yeah, you know, I I like meatballs, I like marinara, I like cheese, and I like subs. But it just feels like every time I have a meatball sub, it's very, very lackluster. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I don't know if it's just where I've had it, but I feel like it. I I expect just the best, and it's it's never like the best. Oh wow, we're we're in we're in big disagreement here. Like yeah, I don't okay. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I I think there's something with the uh, the combinations of flavors that uh, is already inherently great. You throw some uh, you throw some uh, peppers and onions and maybe some like Italian dressing mm-hmm. or like some combination of oil and uh, and vinegar or whatever you want to season it with. I I think that. The meatball sub is is a perfect okay. sub. Yeah, no, I it's down on my list. Like, it, I just and an elite sub here. to have like leftovers of. Um, yeah, I can see that. You let that. Uh, you let you you get a giant meatball sub. You let half of that stew in uh, in the fridge overnight and just like soak in all those flavors and and uh, yeah, it's it's like it's like cold pizza, but it's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. Okay. Yeah. Um, to reset here, uh, first pick by Joe was the Cubano, followed up with the Reuben by Tony for the second overall pick. Third overall, I went with the Philly cheesesteak. And Tony, you have picked at pick number four, the meatball sub. The meatball sub. Pick number five. And I'm going to go with... The patty melt. Wow. (laughs) 
Is this another controversial one that we're just not seeing eye to eye on? I think no, it's very no, simple. no, no. It's a it's a good pick, but I I think you let like another elite sandwich kind of slip through your fingers. But we'll get to that. Uh, I have no uh, I have no problem with the patty melt. It was solidly in my top ten. Um, is it a burger? Is it a sandwich? The sourdough is amazing, and the cheddar cheese, gooey and melting through everything with caramelized onion. It's oh so good. And actually, you know, it's really good. Culver's has a really, really good patty melt. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't mess with Culver's. Um, it, it's uh, it's the caramelized onions that make it for me. Absolutely, yeah, and I'm a, I do like fried and cooked onions and stuff like that. But the caramelized onions on the patty melt certainly just wraps that whole thing together. It's uh, it, it is uh, it is a. I don't make patty melts enough. Like I when I'm when I'm making burgers, I, I usually just like. You know, make like right, yeah, you a more a traditional pun. burger, but mm. uh, but you know, you, you uh, like you said, you're making patty melts sound really good. I really, I mean, not that they're not good, but <laughs> right. like I really want one now. I haven't had one in a long time. Yeah. So what I've been doing is we've had some leftover steak. I've been cutting that up real thin, and then since I'm working from home, I got the whole kitchen to my, you know, and I oh, and yeah. we had we had some sourdough because we did some tuna melts. Uh, King of the, the castle. Week. King of the castle. And uh, and so I've kind of made like a steak version of a patty melt with the sourdough bread, and um, that's really good. I would re- I would almost prefer the burger, but um, but it's still very good, and that's what had me on the track of the patty melt. I am really optimistic that uh, that I am going to get my top five at this point. Just uh, really? okay. like I, I think that your choices have been good, Joe. I'm not I'm not knocking your choices. Like all of these sandwiches were in consideration for me, uh, but with uh, with my number three pick, uh, something I thought that I was never going to get uh, the pulled pork sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, pulled pork is delicious, but I also got a little bit of that pulled pork in my Cubano. Mm-hmm. It's true, uh, but I, I I specifically enjoy the uh, the combination of the hot pulled pork uh, with the coleslaw and uh, mm. and you know when you when you bring that together, oh man, it's a <laughs> it's it's a great sandwich. I'm a huge barbecue sauce fan. I don't know mm-hmm. how much you know yeah. that, Joe. Um, I like barbecue sauce. Oh yeah, I I think barbecue sauce is like the universal condiment like have, have you have you tried making your own barbecue sauce before i have not just because it seems like a hassle is it not a hassle okay so what i've done is kind of use a use like the brown sugar and a couple other ingredients and the apple cider vinegar with a bit of a cheater of a, a barbecue sauce as well and heated that up to kind of thin it out because uh i was going for a vinegar based barbecue sauce mm-hmm. for ribs and uh it was very very good I would really like to try to dig in and do my actual own recipe from scratch sometime. Yeah, it just seems like a, it just seems like a hassle. Like, where yeah. am I going to find liquid smoke? I don't know. Was that round three or four? Now I've lost count. That's I round think that was three. three. All right. Why don't we take a break here? And then uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up the last two rounds. Unless you want to go deeper. We've got plenty more sandwiches to go. <laughs> I so, think five is going to be enough. All right. Um, my mouth is already watering. I got to go grab a napkin. So let's take a break here. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony. We are in the middle of our sandwich draft for 2020. Tony, uh, I do want to bring attention to our email inbox. 
we have it in inbox here. Uh, you can get a hold of that. You can drop us a line at lockedonwild at gmail.com. Feel free to use that whenever. We love seeing the emails. We love seeing uh, the, the engagement. And I got an email here from Adam. He's uh, He's been sending us emails now for quite some time, uh, pretty much ever since we started. I think even going back to the 10K rank days as well. Um, but uh, he drops this line. Says, hello, I haven't seen anything in a while, been traveling and starting a new job, and there hasn't been exactly been a lot of wild questions that I could think of. I have been listening, though. He asks this, what do you think of the Wild seemingly going from barely listed bubble team to being one of the more interesting play-in matches, given how they evenly stack with uh, Vancouver? Um, that's a good question. Uh, how do I feel about it? Um, what do you think probably, about it? What do I think about it? Um, I, I'm glad that after uh, some some waiting uh, for the uh, the end of the season to happen, you know, now that it is a thing that it is, you know, it's going to happen. Uh, now that that is uh, that that wait is over, I'm I'm glad to see like an exciting playoff series happen instead of uh, you know instead of like okay, well we're gonna play these last. Uh, these last ten games of the year of the regular season, and and right. maybe Minnesota will make the playoffs, and maybe they won't. Um, so I do like that. I don't know if it changes like my opinion of of the team necessarily, but I don't think it has to either. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if it changes the whole thing, but uh, you know, you wrote an article kind of about uh, Vancouver's strengths, and so definitely do not sleep on Vancouver. They do have some good up and coming. Uh, pieces to their team, and um, I think that they are going to be a, a tough matchup, but I do think it's going to be a fun matchup. It is rekindling of that old uh, Northwest Division hatred for the Canucks, and it will be fun to kind of jump back up on that train because I, as much as I, you know, Brock Besser and Elias Patterson and all that stuff, I still hate the Canucks. Fun <laughs> so, to hate again. Yes, it is definitely. Um, Let that hate flow through you. And then, uh, yeah, so it is kind of uh, cool that it is interesting from barely, really even at the beginning of the season, everybody is talking about tanking and, and not even trying and to see where the Wild are now, I guess, allowed into this position, um, I guess, is, is kudos to them for even making it interesting. Mm-hmm. And if we get more chances to see uh, Kevin Fiala do his thing, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely team watch Kevin Fiala do things 2020. He also, he also goes on and says, if Cunning decides to sit out because of being an at-risk group, I believe he has diabetes. So uh, who on the expanded roster would you add besides, uh, you know, Kaprasov in a Cunning jersey? I mean, that is a good that is a good choice. But uh, if I had to think of anything else, ooh, um, hmm, I might say... Uh, I, I think Jerry Mayhew's probably an easy choice there. I think so too. Uh, probably the easiest choice on that one. And you know what's funny? Doesn't have to be an emergency situation. He's but uh, he can still kind of be a quote unquote ringer. Yep, he is on. <laughs> uh, he's on the roster. And then uh, Winter Classic as a season opener, yay or nay? I think let's go. That sounds really fun. Yeah, if this is like Carol Kaprasov's like coming out party to the NHL, like how fun would that be? Oh, super fun. 
Like it yeah. would be um it would be uh, it would be unbelievable. I think the hype would be unbelievable for it. Um I really want to... fans in the stands though. What? I would really want fans in the stands. I I got to think that if that Winter Classic did happen to open the season that they would have fans in the stands. I I can't imagine them not you know, I, I can't imagine them not having fans in the stands for right. something like that. Uh, best of luck, Adam. Uh, P.S. Really like the NWHL and George Floyd episodes. So thank you, Adam, for filling our inbox. We encourage all other listeners to uh, to drop us a line as well. That's lockedonwild at gmail.com. And I will put that in uh, at the at the tag of the uh the episode as well so and for being nice by the way like we we will read your email even if you're not super nice but being super nice certainly can't hurt uh we won't we won't <laughs> read it in a mocking tone if you're gonna be nice <laughs> right exactly so uh tony we got uh we got some loose ends to, to clean up here Ah, uh, yeah some uh some loose ends of bread the uh the crusty parts yes i tried uh, doing that i, I think those are i think those are called butts <laughs> the sandwich butts. Yeah, there we go. Um, anyways, so to recap. Yeah, let's do this. The 2020 sandwich draft. Uh, Joe had the first overall pick, and uh, he picked the Cubano. I'm now referring to myself in the third person because, you know, I'm cool like that. Have to do um, it. it has to be done. Tony picked the Ruben for second overall, followed by Joe picking the Philly. Tony picked the meatball sub. Joe then followed back up with the patty melt to much of a surprise to Tony who went pulled pork sandwich. That is where we're at after three rounds. Rounds four and five are next. And I, sir, I'm hoping to get the at least five of my top six. And I am picking the hot Italian beef. Ooh, that's a good one, Joe. Uh, I, it is a good one, especially with the uh, with the bell peppers that they put in it, as well as uh, what are those other little peppers called? What are they called? Uh, the, Giardinara. Uh, yeah, Giardinara. There you go. And um, I'm just going to plug a place off of West 7th in St. Paul, uh, the Chicago Taste Authority. They have a really, really good hot Italian beef sandwich, and it was perfectly greasy and wonderful all at the same time. I made an Italian beef sandwiches this summer or this Did- spring. Sorry. Did you? Yeah, it was super easy to do. Uh, just uh, just threw um, just threw a, uh, a a beef roast in the crock pot, along with uh, a can of beer. Trying to think of what else. Um, some uh, some giardinara, some uh, some pepperoni, uh, and just let it stew there for uh, for eight hours, and it made amazing sandwiches. Ooh. Like I'm, I've got to check the corners of my mouth. My mouth is watering. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony, you're up for pick number eight. All right, you still haven't snagged anything out of my top five yet, uh, which is uh, which is why I'm very excited to say the fried chicken sandwich. The fried chicken sandwich. All right, it's perfect. Uh, you have uh, like when you get uh, when you get really good fried chicken. Uh, like, I mean, obviously, like, you can have a bad chicken sandwich, right? You can have a mixed chicken, and that sucks, right? <laughs> Are but, you sure? Like, does it really suck? Ah, uh, kind of does, yeah. Like, it's uh, not great. 
but it doesn't. I don't know if it sucks. It's pretty far down the list. Like I would probably well, yeah, rather yeah, get a fried I mean, chicken I, sandwich anywhere else in terms well, of. Well, yeah, like, there's definitely food. better quality, but does it I mean, suck? like for fast food. <laughs> well, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah. Um, you can get like, a better chicken sandwich at McDonald's too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, than the McChicken. Yeah, I, I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. Um, but uh, yeah, you get uh, you get a perfect piece of of, of juicy chicken. Uh, throw it. Um, uh, uh, the Encyclopedia of Sandwiches says uh, just uh, fried a chicken breast, a lettuce, tomato. Uh, I, I like a little more on that, uh, and I think yeah. even the picture has pickles on it. So screw <laughs> yeah, it <them>. does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, one one thing I've really liked doing uh, as of late, it, it's just like the kick that I've been on is uh, is getting a, a chicken sandwich from you know wherever you get a chicken sandwich from. Uh, coming home and throwing some uh, some sweet chili sauce on that. Okay. I was going to ask you if you'd like a little bit of buffalo sauce or something on it as well. Uh, it'll either be it'll either be barbecue ranch and and I think ranch is like extremely normy or uh, or uh, for that kick, man, that that sweet chili sauce. I love it. Yeah, I, I do like putting a little tapatio hot sauce on there as well. Yeah, that's good, too. So uh, that's uh, that's that's my pick. Uh, All right. To round out. Round five. I am picking the French dip. Okay, that's uh, I mean, that's not a bad sandwich. It kind of it kind of merges with the Italian beef, though. I don't know, because I think they're two different flavor profiles. All right. You uh, you you walk me through this then. I think your hot Italian beef is certainly got a little more of a spicy kick to it. The French dip is really just like a good solid roast beef with like an au jus that that is like the trippings of the beef there's i wouldn't say there's like a kick to it but um you know that that extra juiciness that you get from the au jus um in the french dip really does uh get over the palate and and um really uh, offer the uh the taste buds to go off as well. I do think that the flavor profiles are def- definitely different in the way that they're uh, seasoned and, and how they're not, maybe not so much how they're cooked. Cause I think they're probably cooked the same. It's just, uh, they're, they're usually seasoned differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, did you go five for five on your list? Uh, I went, I got five of my top six cause I had the room in at number two. Oh, okay. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. So uh, I guess I'm making my final pick and, uh, I, I was kind of I was kind of thinking uh, that uh, that my ace in the hole was the grilled cheese sandwich, just because I, I think that uh, I think who hates a grilled cheese sandwich, right? Not many people, but not many people. Uh, but it was not my number five. It was my number six. My number five is the gyro. Ooh, the gyro. Yeah, it, it it works really great with uh with uh kind of any kind of meat really. Um, yeah, lamb is obviously the most traditional, but I've had beef mm-hmm. gyros, I've had chicken gyros, which I like a lot. I really like chicken yeah. gyro. Um, and uh, and the tzatziki sauce, it's uh it's it's top tier. Yeah, I'm a big fan of gyros. There's a place in Bloomington off of uh, I think it's 90th and Penn called Europolis that is a nice it's kind of a sandwich shop looking place and uh it 
you walk right through and you get a nice either chicken euro or regular lamb euro and it's fantastic that does sound really good where is this is bloomington yeah 90th and penn and bloomington we'll have to make a field trip there we might have to because this sounds this sounds uh this yeah. sounds amazing <laughs> yeah it's delicious uh, i've made a point there to have a lunch date with the wife there when she was working in uh, in richfield so definitely an awesome choice i do like euros um uh, and as for your honorable mention with the grilled cheese, uh, grilled cheeses are fantastic as well. But uh, I do think that unless you get really exotic with some of the cheeses, like a standard just grilled cheese can kind of just just be okay. I was militant against American cheese uh, for a, for a long time, and then uh, and then one night uh, at a at a con last year, I was uh, I was going mm-hmm. to uh, the party rooms in the con, and uh, there was a room where uh, the the theme of the room. I'm pretty sure this was the actual theme of the party room. Uh, was uh, Super Mario Brothers and grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> um, so you could uh, they had a they had on the projector uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, the 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 first game. And uh, you just uh, tried to see how long you could get through the game without dying. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure I got to World 2, which I'm uh, pretty proud of, uh, honestly, because, you know, it's uh, it's not the easiest thing to never die when you're rusty on a <laughs> game. Uh, and uh, and they had grilled cheese there. And I was like, ah, it's, it's, it's grilled cheese. It's American, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll eat it just because like, uh, at, at the con, like if you're not careful, you will forget to, uh, do things like eat. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, I grabbed it and oh my God, I was just like, I can't believe this is this good. This has no right to be as good as it is. Yeah. Uh, if you're at a con, you don't like to eat or if you're holding, hosting a draft party, you don't really eat. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Uh, we've done that before, and uh, and and I have uh, I've definitely forgotten to uh, to eat or do anything but just like talk to people, like like even drinking water sometimes. Uh, all right, um, you know you talked about American cheese, and what I like to use American cheese for is uh, I certainly like better cheeses. I like your Swiss, I like your provolones, I like your pepper jacks, all that kind of stuff. But uh, what American cheese is really great for is melding multiple cheeses together because of the high moisture. It's a good cheese to weld other cheeses and meats together. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, Tony, that's going to do it. I appreciate the 2020 Locked on Wild Sandwich Draft. Yeah, I'll make some plugs. Let's uh, let's all follow my Twitter at oh hi Tony. Uh, even if you have to make a Twitter to follow me on Twitter, uh, I think it's just very important that you do that. And if you uh, if you only follow me, uh, I will give you a shout out on the podcast. And uh, and I don't know if that shout out will be will be worth the bits that it's uh, <laughs> coded into. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it'll be worth anything. But uh, but I will. Uh, I'll definitely shout you out. Um, and then uh, my work is at zonecoverage.com. Uh, by the time you are hearing this, I will not only have a piece about Vancouver's strengths out on the website, I will also have some of their weaknesses too. And uh, they have uh, they have some talent there, but they have some vulnerabilities. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a seven seed. So check those <laughs> right. out. 
All right. And then you can follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. That's J-O-E-B-O-U-1-5. Also follow all of my work on zonecoverage.com. I post on Fridays. That's going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help us get found and uh, liked by other podcast fans of and wild fans such as yourself. So please leave a review and a rating that does help us. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter. We mentioned our Twitters, but you can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email like uh, Adam did. And, uh, and and fill that inbox up. We do appreciate that. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild. And be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day. <laughs>